Big Door Prize, Apple's new quasi-supernatural comedy drama that takes a page right out of the Black Mirror playbook about a little town in a new mysterious machine which manages to upend the mundane lives of the citizens of Deerfield came out March 29th. The cast includes IT Crowd alum Chris O'Dowd, first season Blue Mountain State alum Gabrielle Dennis, as well as newcomers Sammy Forless and DeJuliet Amara. On this podcast, we like to discuss the most recent installments of a different series every show. The three episodes we're talking about are titled Dusty, Cass, and Jacob. It's March 31st, and you're listening to today's episode. So what do you think of when I say the Blue Morpho? The Venture Bros. Because the Blue Morpho was a character. He was the father of the monarch. But it's like a butterfly, actually, right? Yeah, a Blue Morpho is, and so is a monarch. Um, and it was voiced by... Uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins isn't in this show. <laughs> but the show to, the, or the premise to the show is really simple, if you think about it. It's about this small, one high school fictional town of Deerfield, right? Mm -hmm. You can imagine it in your mind. It's kind of like a quiet place. It's just a small town. Everyone knows each other. They all hang out at the same bars, the same restaurants. They all shop at the same general store, Mr. Johnson's. And one day, while that store is empty and the only employee is outside getting high, right? (laughs) A mysterious machine booth arrives. It's delivered, actually, but we don't know by who. It's called Morpho. You sit down inside of it. You pay a couple coins quarters and then you hand over your social security number your handprints and what does it tell you have you have you learned yeah it's like it doesn't it predict your uh your like amount of potential in life yeah it spits out a little tiny business card and on the back of that business card is your overall potential in like one or two or three words so what is is it like say a potential job that you can make the most money in or does it give you like a percentage breakdown like what exactly it's sometimes it's just a word like a villain or hero Jacobs (laughs) Jacobs <laughs> is hero. That's why I say that. But it reminded me a little bit of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the machine, the, I looked it up afterwards, the total perspective vortex, where anybody who sits in it realizes just how small they are. Once, it also reminded me of Big because it's shooting out a card and it's kind of like a wish machine. And the third one it reminded me of was like career aptitude tests that they would give kids back in like the 80s. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to take one of those, but by the time I was in school, like they didn't have them anymore, or at least not in the area I was in. But basically it rocks you to your core because you get that card and it speaks to you almost because you either get one of three things. Mm -hmm. Uh Either it enlightens you that you could or should be doing something more with your life, in which case you are invigorated. You want to go find out what that means that you could be. If it says professional baseball player, then that's what you go off to do, right? Mm -hmm. It may confuse you by saying something strange, something that you wouldn't really have thought about until that moment, but it just feels right. Like magician, (laughs) you've always like been interested in magic, but you didn't know you want to proceed through that or the most upsetting version is it tells you your potential is something you already are yeah exactly so that's why i was wondering so if this that machine would be... was just like a build me up or if this was like a no like it's a hard reality yeah, the third check. one is tough because it's like there's no room to grow it is a reality check because there's no change that's that that you have to do and unless you're like a huge narcissist i don't see how anyone would be content with that so 
that transitions us over to Dusty, the, the name of the first episode and also the main character of the first episode played by Chris O'Dowd. Before we get into the show, I want to say that I read that this was kind of actually lighthearted, but it seems like it's dealing with some pretty complex ideas. Philosophical ideas. Yeah, so I mean, like, it, this is, but like you were just saying how kind of that third option is a little bit dark when you think about it. Is this a lighthearted TV show, though? It's both lighthearted and it's also got heavy moments. Mm-hmm, it. Okay. It's, it's a good mixture. I ultimately, I think it's a bit of a tragedy, but that's in my pros and cons. Okay. The first episode that I want to discuss, do you remember Shrinking? Yeah. The, the other Apple the show? Jason the Jason Segel show. The Jason Segel show. 40-something-year-old man with a daughter dealing with a midlife crisis, winging it at work. There's a lot of certain, like, crossover in from Jason Segel's character to Chris O'Dowd's character in performances here. Mm-hmm. However, where I didn't like Shrinking, in fact, I, I think I gave it a negative review when most places I think you gave it, it an overall of like five or something. Yeah, yeah. I just w- was not... Basically, Jason Segel's behavior on the show put me off. Like, I just didn't like what he was... I couldn't sympathize with him. Right. But I feel bad for Dusty. Hmm, okay. I feel bad because he has a great life to start the show. He just turned 40. Uh, he has a nice house respectable teaching job at the high school. He has a smart, sarcastic daughter, a loving wife, and he loves to whistle. See, I read all of that, and the one thing I thought of right away was Breaking Bad, Walter White. Now, to be fair, in the pilot of that show, he has just turned 50. But I mean, like, it kind of is dealing with the same thing. Maybe not as happy as Dusty's life is. Yeah, not as happy because I don't think him and Skyler were on the best of terms. At that point, wasn't Skyler already cheating on him? Or does that happen later? That happens later. But I do know that when he was working at the high school, he was also having to work at the car machine place or yeah. the car washing place another difference between walter white is that he had passed on earlier opportunities where he could have become as big as his friends had become mm-hmm. nothing like that has happened to chris o'dowd's character here he's just a funny dad and him and his wife seem to have a good thing together but then everything starts to change around him and he starts to get these blue dots on his butt that's, Wait, what? Yeah, that's just a, that's another thing. They haven't really <laughs> gone into that in the second or third episode. So I am curious if that's still a continuing factor for, for Dusty. But he blames the new machine. So everyone seems enamored by this machine. There are lines out the door to the general store. Uh, it's super popular. And he starts questioning his own choices in life because he's afraid to use it. But at the same time, he just doesn't want to believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. Because again, like Black Mirror, this is kind of sci-fi, supernatural territory. Um, and so he gets paranoid and he wonders if his wife is using the machine because she seems a little less happy than normal. And ultimately, by the end of the episode, he is seduced into using it and he finds out that his potential is to be a whistler slash teacher. Whistler so slash exactly teacher? Exactly what he is already. <laughs> and his response is just, fuck! <laughs> yeah. So that's where the first episode ends off. And then we transition into Cass. Cass is the wife of Dusty. And so um, by the end of the first episode, we learned that she, it was revealed that she did try the Morpho um, and didn't tell Dusty about it. And her card is the exact opposite of Dusty's in the fact that it's a very positive one. It says just royalty. Wow. So whatever that means, she needs to figure that out. She feels very special at the moment because she got that card. Also a bit guilty for not telling Dusty immediately and also unhappy with like her life as it is, feeling a little unsettled, you know? So she's arranged this, by by the way, at the beginning of the second episode, she does tell her husband and her husband tells her that they both tried the machine. And I thought that was nice that they didn't have this overarching like uh, tense conundrum that was going to like blow up in their face later on. But she arranges this dinner party for Dusty's 40th 
11 days after his actual 40th birthday because her mom is mayor and they can only squeeze her in at certain times. Oh, so then royalty, if her mom is mayor, I mean, like, you feel like she's probably going to have to use her mom or her family to some extent. Yeah, I don't think anybody's reading it that way. I think it's supposed to be more specific, like she either becomes royalty or she launches a product uh, line that's called royalty. Like, there has to be a reason why that word is used. And no one's talking about what she currently has. It's supposed to be the opposite of Dusty. At his 40th birthday party that she's arranged, though, um, <laughs> that dinner party, his parents come over and they reveal that they're breaking up. But they're perfectly happy <laughs> about it. So apparently they've used the morpho. And his mom realized that her card said that she was supposed to be a healer. She's been a doctor, but she thinks, I'm going to quit being a doctor now because I need to self-heal. That's what this card means. And the dad got male model. So he's going to become a male model. <laughs> How old and is Dusty, the dad? <laughs> they're both like 60, I would say, 60 something. And Dusty is broken up. Like he's <laughs> he's having a hard time dealing with this. Um, and just in classic Chris O'Dowd awkward fashion, he's cracking jokes, but at the same time, just not, not able to cope with a lot of this. And so seeing Dusty's parents so happy though, Cass is even pushed further toward that, like, oh, maybe I should really be looking out for myself right now, take control of her own destiny. By the end of the episode, she's like taken all her products away from her mom's store, said that she's going to start this line of t-shirts that she's doing, and she writes out royalty on a big blue sweater and she starts wearing it around. That's the end of her episode. Then Jacob's episode comes around. So That's this the is third Skins. One. This is Skins, right? No, because we keep on going back to Dusty. Like okay. in, in between. These are just individual about the characters. We do get some forward flashes, or we do get like the timeline continuing, and we also get back flashes in between. Like Jacob, the first scene we see is the Blue Morpho actually being delivered. He's the employee that was working at Johnson's General when it showed up. And uh, he's definitely in a funk. His character is in a funk because his mom died a long time ago and he had to become sort of the parent of the household. His twin brother Colton was killed in an accident recently and his dad is kind of a deadbeat who has just quit his job. He has a lot of anxiety, uh, Jacob does, but ends up stumbling on the principal after she crashed her bike, her new bike that she got because of the morpho and now he, uh, he's the town hero. Conveniently, Hero was the name on the card that he got like a few days beforehand, and now he feels like he has imposter comp or um, whatever he calls it. Uh, he's he's he just doesn't feel like a hero, right? And he also feels sad that his his brother's dead, and um, the town wants him to do this dunk in honor of his brother, and he fails miserably at Wait, it. Wait, a dunk like a basketball like a dunk? Yeah, like okay. at the basketball game, there's a trampoline. He has to jump off the trampoline and make the dunk. He he just face plants, um, but they all cheer for him anyways. He leaves he's really sad about it trina who i haven't talked about but she's a major character trina is cass and dusty's daughter she's sarcastic but she was also the girlfriend of colton the boy who died mm, okay. all right and so this is his twin brother and it's revealed at the very end after he face plants and he goes outside the stadium she makes out with him and apparently they've had a thing going on probably post the brother passing um, and then we also get this reveal that the priest, the last holdout in town who really hasn't used the machine, he finally gets his card and it says father, but that's a double meaning probably. And I think his episode is in episode four. Obviously, yeah. And it doesn't mean father as in priest, which would just mean that he has reached his potential. It means that he probably has fathered a son, mm -hmm. which is against the faith, um, which is probably come going to be the big reveal next episode. But um, even though the episodes are supposed to just track one person, like I've pointed out, it tracks a bunch of people, specifically Dusty's character. And now I can get into my pros and cons. Yeah. Okay. So it's smart. 
the characters, the conversations, getting to have this philosophical outlook of change, happiness, and what makes life worth living, while also keeping the show light. There are a lot of jokes. You also get conversations of destiny versus fate. If you can change the card, the truth is you can't. It reminds me of that. Um, uh, what's the Harry Potter thing that you can do online? Um, oh, you like pick Harry Potter house and stuff Your like Patronus. That? Yeah. And your Patronus, you can only do like one time. You can only set up the account once. Um, <laughs> I think I got deer when I did it. Yeah. Uh, and then there, the metaphors for like reality are overwhelming in the show. The Blue Morpho is really just a catalyst um, that shakes the foundation of your present. It could be a stand-in for anything. It's the red pill versus the blue pill. That little insight that could completely change the trajectory of your life. It also really like kind of pokes holes in the idea of there's always room for improvement. The, like there's I'm, that. And it's also it pokes holes in the idea of that family values that you see in most tv shows i'm not talking about breaking bads um that those type of television shows but ones where it's like happy shows that still have a moral element i've never seen one where it's like but let's ditch the family part of it this Mm -hmm. is like advertising well maybe it is better to get a divorce (laughs) (laughs) um and, and so it's deep stuff and the parallels to real arguments that the characters have are really interesting. The kids are represented as smart because, again, Dusty is a teacher. And whenever he goes into class, all he can talk about is the Blue Morpho machine. <laughs> and uh, I say Blue Morpho because it's got a butterfly on yeah. the back outside. And the kids are talking about how it could be mining your data, but at the same, like 23andMe. Um, but at the same time, everybody's using it. And, um, and so it's smart. And it's also funny. There's at least one laugh out loud moment each episode. Okay. An actual laugh out loud moment. I guffawed a few times in this show, not expecting to. The awkwardness of the scenes mixed with the comedy is great. The acting reminds me a lot of the after party. Uh, Again, with that awkwardness, every character seems to have their own rich personality set. The priest, the bartender, Giorgio, Principal Pat, who comes right out of Abbott Elementary, like that's her character. Yeah, well, I mean, they like the people that have worked on this kind of have worked in that, uh, like comedy, I guess. Yeah, in that sphere. In fact, I have like a game here. It's six statements, Uh true or false. I wanted to touch upon really fast. This was based off of a book that came out in 2020 by Emma Walsh. And the guy sounds like he's just really smart because he's gone like a ton, he's gone to a couple different colleges. He had the idea around 2004 in grad school. He always liked kind of those choose your own adventure books. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of got back into them in college. But he received a bachelor's degree from LSU in 1998 in music. And then he was like, you know what? I don't think a musical degree is really for me. I don't really have any talent in it. I'm going to lean into my literature side. And then with that, he got a master's degree at the University of Tennessee. And then received his master's of fine arts and creative writing from Old Miss. Then he went back to LSU and became an instructor. Now he is an associate professor at the University of New Orleans. I guess I thought I'd give some backstory on that. But now the game. Again, six true or false here. So. So the first one, first two are actually about Emma Walsh, the author again. You he, keep saying M, it's M-O. M-O, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying Emma. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it, he is a writer for the show for the last four episodes of this season. No. <laughs> okay, true. Yeah, he decided okay. early on he didn't want to be involved in the script writing process. Second one is, he has absolutely nothing to do with the TV series, but gave his best wishes to the person who developed the series, David West Reed. False. Yep, he is actually a producer for the series as well, and he was like on set, I think, throughout filming this thing. The director of the first episode, Anu Valia, served for three years as a producer for College Humor, appearing as herself in several sketches. Uh, What's her name? Anu Valia. I don't recognize it, but I wouldn't be surprised, so I'll say yes. Yes, she even earned a Webby Award nomination. Cool. And then Anubalia directed multiple episodes of shows we did for the podcast, including Never Have I Ever, Aquafina is Nora from Queens, and Hellstrom. Yeah. 
Okay, she didn't work on Hellstorm. Oh, I work. thought that I thought you were just telling me a fact. Okay, okay. <laughs> she, she worked on She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Oh, okay. Uh, and I don't think it was any of the episodes with all the uh, shows she worked on that you we ended up reviewing. Is that a true or false? No, no, no. <laughs> the uh, last two, Wes, because David West Reed, he's the one that developed the show after he read the book, mm-hmm. uh, says that there the book has an ending that explains the machine, but for the series they added a lot more mythology to the machine to go the mythology. longest road. Yeah. Um. Poof. Sure. Yep, that is true. Okay. And then the last one is the show will feature a musical episode. No, 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 one hundred percent false. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, uh, well, the part of the reason is my last pro is that it's a tragedy. So if they included a musical, I would be, I would be shocked. Like. The tragedy so far is the central characters of each episode. Dusty's is that uh, what is happening to him is happening in slow motion and he can do nothing to prevent it. Um, And in fact, his paranoia of seeing it happen and seeing everybody change around him only makes them change faster because he gets more depressed about it, which then causes like, for instance, his wife to feel depressed about her life and then her to change as well. Aside from him not being able to do anything about it, yeah. this show sounds a lot like BoJack Horseman, at least. No, kind of, I no? don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't compare it to BoJack. Um, I mean, I, I always look at BoJack Horseman, I think to myself that that is a tragedy okay, in and of itself. Because it's funny and it also has, yes. okay, the yeah. tone maybe, eh. Um, Cass's tragedy is that she does feel capable of doing so much more, um, but she does love Dusty. And so there's this unconscious peer pressure that she's fighting for her to do something with her dreams. I'm feeling kind of like Colton Catch Fire, where Hmm. they may break up these characters like Donna and Gordon, and I will feel very sad about it. And lastly, Jacob, as I said, his mom's dead. His twin brother is dead. Um, he's feeling imposter syndrome, um, and uh, and yeah, there's just plenty of tragedy there for him. So it just seems like I mean, but he's like, not emo about it, which is cool. I mean, okay, so there's it, but you said it was lighthearted, but you keep saying it's a tragedy. I'm I like started trying with it. to gauge. I was saying it was funny. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, like David West Reed. I'm not surprised to you they say it's funny because he's worked on Shit's Creek, which won him numerous Golden Globes and okay. Emmys. So it's situationally, it's funny. So for instance, like uh, Dusty gets a scooter for his 40 birthday it's one of the first scenes that we see so he's driving out in the lot with the scooter he's having a swell time they do the same thing the next day he's on his scooter but now the blue morpho has shown up and so town has started to change a bit he, he in the background you see this woman who's apparently got an archery on her card because she is on her yard her front yard with a bow and arrow and her daughter standing like i don't know 10 feet away with an apple on the top and she shoots the arrow and it hits the apple perfectly but she almost murdered her daughter and you just get this passing glance from dusty who's just shocked as well but just continues and i don't describing a scene like that is obviously not going to make it funny but watching it is hilarious so again laugh out loud moments but the tragedy and comedy kind of mix perfectly. And uh, there's some miscellaneous stuff before I get to my two cons. I only have two cons. But first of all, this is a big old advertisement for Apple. They have Apple Music in there, like the Apple Music mm-hmm. playlist. They have the joke about terms and conditions on the Blue Morpho that reminds you so much of a terms and conditions that you have to sign on Apple. Uh, when Jacob got it, he just kicked on, kept like on clicking past. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have Apple headphones, iMacs, iPhones. Everybody's using Apple products. And... Um, So the cons for it is that Dusty gets a little bit too obsessed. 
I don't want him to lose his wife, but the show is making him uh, hard to sympathize with in episode two and three. The first episode, it was fine to sympathize with him, but he just starts like treating his students like his therapy sessions where he starts like kind of getting mad at them. And, I mean, uh, that, that, that sounds, oh, well, he starts getting mad well, at not, them. Not, no, 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 not, <laughs> never like super mad, but more just like he wants to have lectures with them about the blue morpho as opposed to history. And then they kept, keep on correcting him with certain things and he realizes he's wrong. And it's, it's, it's funny, but it's also like, this isn't real. The realism also took a break in episode three with which we're seeing sort of through Jacob's eyes, especially his conversation with the doctor. Also hilarious, but it makes it just harder to see the show as a as a, as a metaphor. Um, altogether, though, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I will continue to watch it, and I give it a nine. A nine? nine. Okay, I thought you were going with like an eight just from the way that you were talking about, but a nine is pretty big. It's not faultless, but it's certainly really, really good. <laughs> I mean, like it has a 6.8 on IMDb, but I do think that's only because 300 people have reviewed it on Rotten Tomatoes itself as a 92% critic score, but the audience score was 91%. So it seems like they're kind of aligned together. Really, I've only found good reviews for the show. NPR said that while they got deeper into the season, they had gone from laughing at the characters to laughing with them. The Guardian gave the pilot episode 4 out of 5 stars and complimented the cast and the writing. I know RogerEber.com was one of the few negative reviews, saying that they like compared it to, I guess, a fast food restaurant where it's like it's edible sure but like it's also not that great it really doesn't like transport you into that kind of world so i, I mean, disagree but yeah that's that's again that's like one of two negative reviews on rotten tomatoes for the most part it's gotten pretty positive reception i would say i'm most impressed especially in the first episode with dusty and um and cass's relationship because they were able to sell a happy couple but at the same time a happy couple with like incoming troubles well, really really well and their comics like symmetry was really good and i didn't know about um gabrielle dennis like i hadn't really seen her since blue mountain state and so i did, wasn't giving her the same credit until i saw this chris o'dowd and gabrielle dennis first met over zoom and it was funny because gabrielle dennis said that the first day that they actually shot in person was when they were shooting their wedding photos for the set <laughs> <laughs> No, she's a good actress. Yeah. yeah. And so and so and, was the daughter. The daughter did an excellent job, too. She just plays, like, deadpan for a lot of the time, but she also has a big heart. And it's just it's just a wholesome show, but at the same time, it's questioning what wholesome is. Is wholesome saying to a person, you should go out and live your dreams? Or is it saying, no, stick with your marriage because you do love the person. You just have to <laughs> sacrifice a little. I don't know. It's it's interesting questions. And I've always been someone to, like, think to myself that, like, you know, I even if I think that I could, like, I'm at, like, the top, I could always do better. And I know I kind of alluded to that earlier with it. There's always, like, a room for improvement. Yeah, always potential. But, like, but I mean, Imagine yeah. getting a car that said there wasn't. <laughs> that's where Dusty's at. And that's also one thing I want to point out before we go, the Twilight Zone. This was heavily inspired by the Twilight Zone. I can only think that that was a reason because of the episode where the computer was in the mountain and then people start like believing in that one. I think hey, you know I can see. I can about. totally yeah. see. I can see the resistance to change. But Dusty is the only one who's resistant. Everybody <laughs> else sort of loves it. So it's it's not exactly that. But it is kind of like if a Black Mirror episode was pulled into like one specific storyline was pulled out and stretched into one full season, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.